are listening to the 90 Days Later podcast with me, Anna Charles. This is episode number 12. Welcome to the 90 Days Later podcast, where I show you how to stop over drinking in 90 days without missing out on life. If you're not an alcoholic, but fed up with saying yes to a drink when you mean to say no, you're in the right place. Today, I want to talk about uh, the topic that you are always in control. It was the title I came up with and it occurred to me because I was thinking about when I was trying to change my drinking habits back in the day, I sometimes felt as I was sort of swimming against the tide, you know, that all these things were happening around me and there was I was, you know, plowing my own furrow, but it was very difficult because I was swimming against the tide and it could feel really uncomfortable. And I sort of dug into this and realized that it was around my sensations of control. And this was brought home to me um, in full Technicolor. The other day when I was talking with someone and she was saying that how that that the night before that she'd um, gone ahead, she'd gone out with some friends and she drank a couple of glasses of wine, hadn't really wanted to drink that, but anyway, she had. And then her friend had asked her if she wanted a third and she said no. And yet there, you know, a couple of minutes later, that third glass arrived by her beaming friend who had bought this for her, despite her having turned it down and she drank it. And she was telling me how annoyed she felt with herself for having drank that third glass of wine on that evening out. And as we spoke more about it, you know, I said, so, you know, explain to me what was going on. And she told me, so they were in this bar. It's a very nice bar, their favorite place when they go out together. And her friend bought her this drink. And then the drink is right then there in front of them, right? It's in front of her on the table. And she's sitting there and this situation is that her friend, her good friend has bought her a drink. You know, that drink costs about eight quid and it's already bought, it's already been poured and it's just sitting there. And so she drank it. And she told me, she said she did that because it felt as though she would being, as being ungrateful and wasteful in the moment. That was why she drank it, right? She didn't want to seem ungrateful to her friend and certainly didn't want to seem wasteful as as it was already poured. But then she felt annoyed with herself in the morning, right, that she'd given in and drunk it even though she really didn't want to. And as we spoke about it, she said, you know, Anna, I just didn't feel in control of the situation. Really, that was at the, the, the nub of the matter. So I decided that was a great topic to devote a podcast to. So first I want to explore why it feels as though you're not in control, right? When you're around alcohol and ask, how does this show up? Well, there's many ways that you can be in this situation, just as, as I mentioned just now, when you say no and a drink is bought for you by somebody else and then you drink it, right? Another way that it shows that you aren't under control or you can tell yourself that is when you drink simply when you decided not to. So maybe you said, I'm not going to have a drink tonight. Tonight comes round and you pour yourself a drink. You can feel out of control when 
you don't even realize you're drinking you know when it's kind of like on autopilot and this happens for a lot of people at trigger times and I certainly had this whole story thing that I would come home from work I'd had a stressful day and I'd walk straight in to the fridge and pour myself that first refreshing chilled glass of French Chablis it was kind of like my reward for I don't know lasting the day at the job I actually really rather liked so no, there's there's an autopilot thing going on there. You come in, you pour the drink, and you don't even realise. You really don't really don't feel like you're in control looking back because you know it was so automatic. And I find that people talk themselves into this as well because they say things like, "Oh, I didn't want to drink. Oh, but the wine it was just really you know speaking to me. It was sitting there. It was basically calling my name. It had my name on it, and I really just felt I had to drink it. You know, I had no control over that." But all of this, what I want to tell you and reassure you is all of this is because your lizard brain is in control. Now, those of you who've listened to the podcast for a bit, uh, there are, we have, I talk about there are two main areas in the brain. This is, you know, vastly oversimplifying it, but I really find simplification helps. You have sort of your primitive lizard brain, I like to call it, because it really conjures up that image. Of, of very primitive behavior driven for survival it's all about survival and then you have another smaller area of your brain which is often called the human brain which is the free prefrontal cortex which is what we use to basically make good decisions for ourselves but let's go back to that that lizard brain right so the lizard brain is in control is driving the bus when you have these these thoughts that make you think you're out of control around alcohol and there's three reasons for this because the lizard brain wants pleasure that's what drives it it looks for that dopamine buzz of wants pleasure because that's key for survival your brain knows you've taught your brain that booze makes you feel good so of course it's going to want you to move towards alcohol even if you know your 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 higher consciousness doesn't want it that lizard brain wants that pleasure right it wants the wants the alcohol it also likes to avoid pain it's uncomfortable right we know how uncomfortable it is like the friend I was telling you about to sit there wanting to drink and not drinking it's really uncomfortable if a drink has been bought for you and it's sitting there on the table looking at you and it's uncomfortable all the feelings that you're having about the drink and about how other people might be wondering why you aren't drinking um so whenever you are feeling maybe tired or grumpy or stressed yeah we have taught ourselves that having a drink will relieve that our brain knows that our lizard brain knows that and so it pushes us towards that drink because it wants us to avoid the discomfort and the pain and third because the lizard brain is lazy you know we often talk about you know drinking on automatic pilot like i said just now but but our brain actually really rather likes that right it wants to do things without taking up too much power without having too much decision making just you know run that routine run the drink routine when you come home from work because it'll make you feel good it'll stop you feeling all stressed and and tense and what's more, you know, we, we, we can do that very easily, right? We can run that routine, which leaves um, the rest of your brain power for other more complex tasks. But let's just, just run that routine. It's what we do. So those are some of the reasons why you might say to yourself and why people say to me, but I'm, you know, really don't feel under control when I'm around alcohol. 
And what I want to do now in this second part of the podcast is, is basically reassure you and I want to open your eyes to the fact that the reasons why you are always in control and why it's therefore possible for you to believe that and to look for evidence of this. So here are just a few reasons why that show that you're always in control. At the end of the night, you do finally stop drinking, right? So unless you completely black out, there does at some point in the evening, you do make a decision to stop, right? You just, you do stop, you don't, because you don't stop, you don't keep on drinking all the way through the night into the early morning into the next day, right? There is a decision to stop at some point. But but what you do is you, you downplay it. I hear this so often, we kind of downplay it as though it isn't kind of, you know, a decision. You say things like, oh, but it wasn't really me deciding, it was just getting late. Or perhaps, you know, you needed to stop drinking because you needed to get back for the babysitter. Or maybe you were starting to feel a bit dodgy in the stomach and that you knew that one more would hit you sort of over the edge. So you decided to stop at that point. So it was really, you know, it was your, your stomach was, was driving that decision. Or maybe you were just getting sleepy and so you just sort of physically couldn't stay awake to drink some more. But by delegating the responsibility, by saying, you know, it wasn't you taking an active decision, you're doing yourself a disservice. Each of these points, you made a decision to stop, right? You made a decision to stop when you were getting sleepy, even perhaps because you think I can't hold the drink, it would spill all over my dress. That's still a decision. If it was getting late, that's still a decision that you took. Going home for the babysitter, it's still a decision, even at the time, I would add, when, you know, towards the end of an evening after a few glasses, your mental sharpness and agility has been somewhat dulled. Second reason, there are multiple decisions you have to take to drink, right? If there was this decision tree that we used to use at work at the long, a long time, you know, these flow charts, there'd be an awful lot of activities there. You have to order the drink and you... Or the, and then you have to pick the glass up or you pour the alcohol into the glass. You have to put your hands down. You have to pick up the glass. You have to move it towards your mouth. You have to open your mouth. You have to pour the drink in. You have to swallow. See what I'm saying? There's many, 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 many actions that take place. In fact, it's easier from an action perspective to not drink because you don't have to do any of those things. So what I want you to ask yourself if you say, but I'm, I mean, I'm not in control and I'm not in control around alcohol, is at what point were you not in control during that act of picking up the glass and drinking? Was it after the first sip? Was it after the tiny, second tiny sip? Was it after the third sip, right? Be really curious rather than going around saying I just wasn't in control. Identify what was going on so that you can you get a sense that actually you were in control so figure out what is actually happening versus what you are telling yourself what story you are telling yourself start to look for the evidence and the facts the other reason why you're in control i would hazard is that you don't drink outside of trigger times you likely don't drink at breakfast or before lunch, right? I never drank before lunch or breakfast. I never drank when I was pregnant. Certainly never drank if there was any hint that I would be driving. And we would agree that in these scenarios at these times, as the booze isn't taking over, that you are in control, right? We'd agree with that. But then we say... But of course I wouldn't drink wine at breakfast. Are you nuts? I mean, even if someone brought in my favourite bottle, chilled and uncorked it right there in front of me as I'm eating my toast and marmalade, 
I just wouldn't want it, right? It's, it's my decision. So I want you to really think about that when it comes, you know, to one of your, your trigger times. You say, but I'm just so very triggered to drink when I'm cooking the evening meal, right? Recognize that this is still a decision. This is still a decision you're making to drink. It's this, exactly the same kind of decision as you're deciding to not drink when you're at breakfast, now, yes, the situation's different, the circumstances are different, certainly the thoughts that you have at the time are different, but for the moment, I just want you to think about the level of control and that it's still you in the driving seat deciding to drink when you're cooking the evening meal versus deciding not to drink when you're eating your tea and marmite in the morning, All right? The wine is the same. It's your decision and your thoughts about it that are different. Another reason why I want you to realize that you're in control around the booze is you probably don't drink what you don't like, right? Now, it can feel involuntary when we drink, right? We have so much desire to drink. Oh my God, you know, I've just got to have that first glass of wine. And therefore, we can feel out of control. But I do want to, one of the things I teach is that desire for drink is learned. Now, I know this because when I first started drinking, I didn't really like it very much. Even many years later, I couldn't stand whiskey or brandy. And in the case of brandy, I actually really, really tried to like it because I used to really have this thing about how the brandy glasses looked, how, how the liquor looked in it. You could swill it round and you'd heat it up. It was all these sort of traditions and, and things that you do. And I really tried hard uh, to like it. But despite my best efforts, I didn't succeed, right? So I, you could, there was still a time when you could put a bottle of brandy in front of me and I just really wouldn't feel the drive to drink it. So how was it that that was happening? And at the same time, when it came around to, you know, a bottle of delicious French Chablis, I really felt I had no control. I you know, really, that was when I had the pull, pull to drink the one, the two, the three glasses versus then the whiskey or the brandy, feeling no pull, right? And that was because I've learned to desire wine. I was successful in my quest to, to desire wine and I wasn't when it came to whiskey. So I had, or whiskey or brandy. So I had effectively decided I don't like this whiskey or brandy, so I'm not gonna drink it. So therefore, again, while the, the alcohol tastes different, it's still alcohol, it's still a drink, and yet I had made this decision that what I like, I'm going to drink and what I don't like, I'm not going to drink. Now, that sounds really brutally obvious, but I really want us to get real into thinking about how we are actually still making decisions about what we are drinking, even if we tell ourselves that we aren't. Another uh, question that I used to ask myself a lot, and this is, was another way of it was really showing myself that I did have control, was would I rather drink or meet Terry Hall? Now I need to explain, Terry Hall was, is actually still, the lead singer of the pop group, The Specials. I was my teenage crush. Oh my gosh, Terry Hall. Then he went through the Funboy 3 and the Colourfields. Had endless groups, followed him throughout, gone to his DJ sessions. Absolutely adore everything about Terry Hall. Makes me back to being, you know, a 14-year-old again. So I used to ask myself, you know, when I was 
in this funk about not having control over the booze, would I drop everything and go, if there was the opportunity, if Terry Hall rocked up into the town I was and was doing a concert or something and then was happy to chat afterwards, would I drop everything and go and talk to him? Or would I rather sit and drink three glasses of wine, right? Because the bottle of wine is sitting there in front of me and I feel such a pull towards it. No, there was no question, right? The wine lost every time. It was all about going to see Terry Hall. So again, that's another way of seeing that my control, I did have control. And the final uh, way I'll sh I want to show you that you do actually have control is, this is to do with um, the sense that when you feel, it's similar to the story actually I started the podcast with, when you feel you have to drink, you know, in society norms and there's an expectation, but what if it were bananas? I talk, I think about that a lot. I think a lot about bananas. So when we go out, we feel it's expected that we have to drink and that we're going to drink alcohol, right? I've talked about this before where alcohol is one of the few uh, things in society where if you say you want to give it up people can question you and you know think you're kind of crazy and don't quite understand it so I like to think about so if you're going out for the evening replace wine in a conversation with something else like bananas so let's say you go to a pub and your friends bought you a bunch of bananas and they put that bunch of bananas on the table in front of you uh, would you be expected to eat the bunch of bananas would you be expected to eat eat them all maybe especially if they brought you more than one bunch of bananas no of course you wouldn't but here's the thing you wouldn't feel bad i suggest saying no i don't think i don't want to eat the bananas right now you know i've had enough you know and you wouldn't they wouldn't feel your friend wouldn't feel bad with you not taking them right so why do we do this around things like wine yes yeah, so so put in if you're if you're struggling with this idea of control uh take out wine or brand or whatever your drink is and put in something uh, crazy in that situation like bananas and then think you know what would happen if i exchange this one thing for the other you know would the impact be the same and i would suggest not so those are all those are all examples for you to think about and to start spotting in your life as to why you do have control. But now I really want to move on and get really really super specific. I'm actually going to get quite tough as well, tough on you here because I want to talk about what you can do, what steps you can take right now. In fact, immediately right now on this podcast or immediately after listening to this, these are some things that you can do if you feel right if you find yourself saying i'm so out of control around alcohol now i'm this is going to be hard i will tell you this is going to be hard and why it's because your brain your brain is going to show you what you don't control and why because it's easier to blame alcohol it's easier to blame other people it's easier to blame the situation you're in the location you're in than it is to take responsibility yourself for drinking too much i told you this was going to sound harsh and this was going to sound hard right but it is that's what we're faced with and your brain is going to want to take the easy route because in the moment you're being directed by that lizard brain and if you remember what i said earlier that lizard brain is seeking pleasure avoiding pain and it wants to do as little as possible so telling you that you don't have control and you're better off just taking that drink because by 
Ollie, that's going to make you feel good. And you know it will because you've taught yourself it, that that makes you feel good. That's going to be its preferred approach. But I'm going to show you now right here that there is much more that you control than you might think. And I'm going to offer that rather than stewing in what you can't control, I mean, you can't control everything, that's true, that instead you decide to focus on what you can control. Now, this will, this will do two things all at once. Firstly, it will give you a sense of being in control right in your body you'll feel it. I mean, for me, when I feel out of control, I feel this, this tension across my shoulders. That all goes when I start to think about the things that I do control, right? I move to a different space. It also means that you will start, this is how the brain works, right? You tell your brain what, what, what you want to do and it will go off and, and, and follow the directions. If you decide to focus on what you can control, you will start to search for how this is true. You will start to look for evidence of that. And that's a spectacular thing about the brain and how you can change things you know, in an instant. So here are some of the ways in which when I was uh, changing my drinking that I would you know, tell myself and remind myself that I had control and I hope some of these might help you. You will doubtless find others as well, but here's just a list to, to get started. These things were totally within my control. I was able to make a plan for when I was gonna go out drinking. Right, I was able to decide ahead of time how much I was going to drink, totally within my control. I was able to focus on that plan when I was actually out. How much focus I gave to that plan was totally under my control. I chose to expect it to be hard when I would go out to stick to my plan, especially at first. And I was able to control how I was going to deal with the situation, the tough situations. So for instance, one of the things I used to do, and it's a tip you might want to follow is I'd write myself a little note, just you know, a couple of sentences. I'd slip it into my handbag so that if I found myself you know, weakening or, 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 or feeling really overcome with the urges to drink, I could absent myself and just glance at this note and you know, remind myself to, you know, what, I, what I was trying to achieve. That was something else I was able to control. I had full control over how I talked to myself, how kind I was to myself, whatever happened, right? Whether I succeeded in, in adhering to my drink plan or I broke it, right? I, I was able to decide, I had total control as to whether I was gonna call myself stupid and that I would never learn or whether I was just gonna look at what happened and learn from it, which leads me to the next point. I was there, I had full control over learning from mistakes. I had full control over making new decisions and full control over trying again. I was able to focus on being grateful to myself that I had my own back, right? That was something I had full control over how I was um, dealing with myself. And I knew that even if I was accused of being ungrateful and wasteful for not drinking a drink that I hadn't asked for, right? So this is back to that situation at the top of the podcast. I knew I had control over my reactions, that I could choose to stick to my gun. And I could focus on reminding myself that I wasn't responsible for how other people will feel or how they will act, right? I'm responsible for how I feel and how I act. 
So you can see some of the power that comes from this. And I really encourage you to come up with your own list of what you control, big and small things. Start really small to start with. And then pick one of them. Just pick one of the points that you have control over and get really good at it. Practice. Master that before picking up another item of control and then practicing that. This is how you build up your armory of skills so that when, you know, there will actually come a time when you'll say, gosh, I'm so out of control. And you will know that that is actually not true. You know, you'll recognize that that is a story you had just been telling yourself and therefore believing. So in summary, I want you to know, dear listener, that you are always in control, even if it might not feel that way at the time, right? And even if you tell yourself that you're not, I mean, your brain will go out and say, no, you aren't in control. And I've shown you how that happens. But I would ask you, which would you rather have? Would you rather feel the discomfort right, of, of being out of control and letting that happen? Or would you rather feel the discomfort in the moment of taking steps to reclaim your control? And that can be best illustrated. Let me come full circle here, back to that situation at the top of the podcast where the person drank an unwanted drink and then she felt bad in the morning because she'd gone against her plan, not to mention the fact that she had a steaming hangover. And I asked her, what would she rather? Because this is really what it, what it comes down to. Would she rather feel annoyed in the moment, in the bar, that her wish was ignored but drink the unwanted drink anyway, which is what she ended up doing, and then feeling lousy physically and then cross with herself in the morning that she gave in? Or would she rather live through the discomfort of not drinking that third unwanted, unwanted drink, experiencing all the thoughts of I'm being so ungrateful and wasteful, all right? She sits there in the bar with the drink on the table as she experiences her friends ribbing as to why she isn't drinking, you know, and her friend then starts saying, I spent good money on that drink. Why on earth won't you drink it? But then the next day, so despite feeling all of that, the next day to actually feel so grateful to herself that she didn't waste her time on drinking something that she didn't want and that didn't serve her, right? So which, this, this discomfort either way as you move through this journey, but which would you rather have? Which gets you closer to what you want? So I encourage you to really look for the evidence that you are in control around your drinking. In whatever small way, it all counts. Pick one thing, master it. Teach your brain that you are in control, then move on to the next point, right? And this will get you to the point where you start to then see evidence as to why you are, and you start to unpick that story that you have no control around alcohol. Okay, that's it for this week. Thank you so much for listening and please do rate and review and share with someone you love or someone who you think this would help. In the meantime, if you have any questions, you can reach me on Anna, A-N-N-A, at 90dayslater.co. Okay, I'll see you next week. If you like what you're learning in the podcast and you want to take the work further and achieve total freedom around alcohol, let's talk. I help my clients stop reaching for that first glass of wine the moment 6pm rolls around and they don't miss out on life. And we do it in 90 days. The effect is permanent. Email me for more information on anna at 90dayslater.co. And if you did enjoy the show, I'd really appreciate if you'd leave a rating and review to help others find the 90 Days Later podcast.